Welcome to Tea and Theology. This is Richard Ward, and I'm here with my wife, Danielle. Hi. And our good friend, David Arizaga. Hello. In this episode, we're going to explore the mind of an everyday theologian. But before we start our discussion, Danielle, would you please tell us about the tea we're drinking? Yes, we are drinking a Hawaiian paradise. The ingredients are hibiscus, pineapple, papaya, peach, apricot, cranberry, and it is very fruity. Speaking of fruit, we're going to have a very fruitful conversation today as we explore the mind of David Arizaga, an everyday theologian. One of our listeners suggested having a few episodes introducing each of ourselves. So we're going to start with David Arizaga, and then the next few episodes we'll have Richard and I talking a little bit about ourselves, how we became Christians, how we started studying theology, and just getting to know each of us a little bit better. David, how did you become a Christian? I grew up in like a nominally Christian home. We would go to church maybe once every handful of holidays. So not every Christmas, every Easter, but maybe like every three Christmases, every three Easter's, we'd show up at church. And so... I had heard things about God. I had defaulted, believed in the Christian God, but I didn't really know anything about him. Like, I knew Jesus died on a cross, that we said he rose again. I would feel bad about certain sins and then read a Bible passage to try to make myself feel better. And there was little portions of time that I would go to church for a couple months with, like, my grandpa or something. But really wasn't a Christian. But when I was 17, junior in high school, like every high schooler, kind of hating life, hating myself, pretty depressed. And it got like pretty bad. And there were some life circumstances that, well, basically I was wrestling, got a concussion, missed school for a long time. And then one evening or afternoon, I was going to talk to some teachers, get filled in on what I've missed the past month. And on my way back to my mom's car, there was street preachers and they had a sign that said repent or hell. And as far as I heard up until that point, it was more along the lines of, well, God loves me no matter what. He just hates my sin. And so I went up and talked to them, like asked them about that. And the dude, there was two guys. The guy explained to me like, that's kind of true. God does love the world. But he read the rest of John 3, essentially what it said was, I'm condemned already because I've rejected the only Son of God. And so I went home with that mess. But he gave me the answer that we're sinners under God's wrath. But the answer is somebody, namely Jesus, died to pay our debt, to take away God's wrath from me. And he rose that I could be justified if I repent and believe. So I went home Convinced, I, it was a quick conversation, but it convinced me that, no, I'm a sinner, and God is holy. So right now, because I don't have Christ, I don't have Jesus, I'm on my way to hell. And so I started reading the Bible. I don't think that was the point I became a Christian yet, but it scared me, so I started reading the Bible to find out, just reading through the Gospels. And over a few months, reading the Gospels, listening to good teaching, like John MacArthur online, I realized I'm a sinner, and I have no hope but Jesus dying on the cross and being risen to save me. And so, Did you get plugged into a church right away? Actually, yes. Right, like pretty quickly. Um, 
well, two in two ways. One, I started reading the Bible again and like realizing that Jesus really is the one way to the Father, to God. I did two things. Well, before, well, the first thing I did, my uncle was a quote-unquote pastor at the time, and he had a church that he was preaching at every week. And so I hit him up, asked him, like, hey, this is something people told me. Um, I want to hear your thoughts, because I know you're a pastor, so I want to hear your thoughts on it. Basically, he told me, oh, no, you have nothing to worry about. You're good. Just start coming to church, and you're fine. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like, I guess I'm going to your church now. And so come to find out it was prosperity type of church. There really was no, like, gospel there. But another thing I did around the, the same time as that is I had a group of friends. Or they weren't even my friends. They were just acquaintances at my high school. But I knew they were Christians, and they would always, like, invite people to a Bible study. And so I hit him up on Instagram and basically asked him if he's still doing the Bible study and if I could come. And, yeah, they were come to find out they were still doing it, and... Through that, I met probably some of the most important people to that God used in my Christian life, and it, this was a this was a separate church. And basically, I would just go to the high school ministry on midweek. It was just an environment where I could surround myself with not only people my age who loved Jesus and loved people, but also like the leaders, the high school pastor, the people who are a little bit older, and. Well, I guess and one person in particular that through that group that really impacted me was he was the the high school seniors their little life group leader and he was actually at CBU at the time he was in the theology program the coolest guy looks long hair long curly hair straight surfer looking dude skater he was the coolest guy I was like dude I want to hang out with Josh all the time and so we would just always go to in and out or he would always text me randomly we'd always hang out He'd always invite me places, and at that time, I was reading the Bible for the first time, like, ever, so I'm having I'm having all these questions, like, just, like, trying to understand what exactly is being said. He was always willing to answer, talk, or, I'm sure you guys know, I have, even six years later, I have all these unknowns on certain things on how to do the Christian life in certain areas. Imagine the first year of my Christian life, I had so many questions, so many missteps and just trying to figure out like what what a person looks like who wants to please God and this guy just was so willing and patient to help me figure out one of the most important guys to me so you studied applied theology at Cal Baptist University what did the journey look like from the time you became a new Christian till the time you actually started studying theology so I think Early on in my Christian life is when I saw the value in not just reading the Bible, but considering it, looking at what other people had to say about it. And pretty early on, one of somebody in my family gave me a John MacArthur book. It was the first theology book I ever read, but it was called Anxious for Nothing. Reading through that book and seeing that it was practical and it affected my actual life was kind of the start of that. I would always listen to like John MacArthur sermons and I was like, whoa, like this isn't just Bible stories. This isn't just abstract things, but these are deep truths. And these are things people think about 
and it's a serious endeavor. People are serious, which is like I was taking the Bible serious at that time, so I was like, this is something I ought to think about. And then I would I stumbled across R.C. Sproul, The Holiness of God, read through that, loved it. This is life-changing, really, thinking about God the way he like explains the scriptures in that book. But I guess more personally, going to that high school ministry, I would just always show up, set up chairs, set up water. Um, I just loved being around them, being around people who like to study the Bible, like to read it, like to pray together, like just all of that. While I was going to this little ministry and also going to that prosperity church at the same time, so I kind of picked up a few interesting uh, habits or interesting expressions of my faith. I'm talking like preaching in tongues, declaring things, like naming it and claiming it. I was into, <laughs> I was into like a few, just a few not, I guess, in our circles, normal things. And so actually when I was in the, in the group, the high school group, the, the guy, the guy I mentioned, Josh, he saw all this and he was kind of iffy about me. He didn't know. He told me this later on. He didn't know if, because uh, they were doing this thing where they were appointing like student leaders and he actually gave a no to the pastor. Like he casted a no vote for me. And basically because he was unsure of like where I was at with all of that. Like again, some kid coming into your church speaking tongues when nobody else is or naming it and claiming it when nobody else is. So he was like, no, I think he should wait. But the pastor actually like, I think this actually changed my life. He kind of like vetoed that and said, no, give him a chance to be around people who are more mature and love Jesus so he could grow into that picture. And so I became a student leader. And again, just surrounded by people who love theology, love the church, and love Jesus. And so through that period of time, I realized I wouldn't mind spending four years studying God at CBU. And that was actually the program Josh, my friend, was in when I met him. And so I talked to him about it, and he basically told me it was a really great idea. He saw that it would be a big benefit for me, and I applied. And I ended up going to CBU to study theology for not only the next four years, but I guess the rest of my life, huh? So you went to a few churches after you became a Christian, and then you started going to Cal Baptist. How much longer afterwards did you start going to fellowship? And how did you make that decision to become a member of Fellowship Baptist Church? Yeah, I was going to the high school ministry, my uncle's church. And then after that, I also attended my the church. So my parents became Christians around the same time as I did. And I would go to, when I stopped going to my uncle's church, I would also go to uh, my, I would go to my parents' church early morning and then dip and go straight to the church where I guess my church family was at that time for their Sunday service. But yeah, I ended up at CBU and there's a lot of good churches around CBU. So I guess the first few weeks of going, everybody spends time checking out churches, seeing where they would fit. And so I had, I had started going to a local church around here for about a month and realized I wasn't really, I don't know what you'd call it, connecting or vibing. But I wasn't vibing, feeling seen. Um, so I talked to our pastor who, who was one of my professors at the time, 
just expressing to him, yeah, I don't feel like I'm fitting in, finding people who can walk the Christian life with me. And I thought that was super important because I'm studying theology and also that's just how it was for my short Christian life at the time. And so he basically told me, I know a really cool guy that I'd love to set you guys up, meet each other. And so I met Richard at Chick-fil-A on campus. Can you tell the story about when oh, we first yeah. first met? <laughs> when we first our very out, first encounter? Is I think I think this is the story. Okay, so there's this game going around. Freshman boys, okay? <laughs> Call it 18-year-old boys. So there's this game. We I forgot what it was called. I think it was called Assassin or something. So basically, the game is you hold your hand up to your mouth like you have a blow dart and you call somebody's name from across the room and if he looks at you while you have the blow dart in your hand and he's not covering his neck this is the only way to save yourself if you cover your neck but if he's not and you dart him while he's looking at you he has to by virtue of manhood the obligations of young men he has to fall down onto the ground exactly where he's at no matter the conditions nothing matters you fall down and you wait until somebody touches your neck until you could get up. So as I meet Richard this first time, my friend, he calls me from across the, cor- the outdoor corridor. I'm with Richard. He says, David, I look at him. His hand is up to his mouth and he darts me. And I look at Richard as I'm about to go down. I tell him, this is going to be really weird. <laughs> but I lay down and I look up to Richard and I say, I need you to touch my neck. <laughs> And Richard, the homie that he is, slowly but surely, reached down to my neck and saved me. And this was within minutes of meeting. Take you going story. I forgot what the sto- where this was going. And so, yeah, basically started hanging out with Richard. I think it might have been the week after that. I, I showed up at Fellowship and almost like a super similar experience to my church back home. Just an environment of people who want to do the Christian life together, who opened their arms, welcomed me, and started to invest their time, their love, their intentionality. And I realized that this was a place I wanted to plant myself and grow. So after you started coming to fellowship for a while, what did you start doing there? It wasn't soon after I started going that I started helping with the music team. I think that's been a pretty consistent place I've served at our church playing guitar and started doing that first. Part of the program was also we have an internship at the church we're going to. And so when I was in my sophomore year, I was an official intern at fellowship. So I did basically whatever the church needed, greeting team, helping plan events, music, would teach Sunday schools, just miscellaneous responsibilities that I could serve the church in. And aside from like official roles, I think I've always made an effort to just be intentional with church members, invite myself into people's life, try to love the church through that. Because, you know, I'm a, I, well, I guess I still am a young guy, but at the time I was just fresh young man at the church. So everybody is willing to get coffee or have dinner with you. So which is awesome. But now after graduating, I have a little bit less responsibility, teach occasionally, serve on the music team still. But yeah, life at church looks 
pretty similar in just being around the church. A big part of your life as a Christian has been spent studying theology formally. How have you seen God use that in everyday life, both in the church and at home or at work? Um, a few ways. The immediate things that I could think of are, I guess you don't realize it until after you're out of the setting, but as a young young person, young man, life right now is super up for grabs. Nothing, because I mean, hopefully, Lord willing, I have 50 years ahead of me of life and it could go any direction. But what studying theology has helped me it's given me it's given me essential truths when life is uncertain so basically i don't know where i'm going to end up even in the next 5 years what job i'm going to have or if i'm going to pursue more schooling where i'm going to live and that's like that's okay i don't need to know that because i know heavier deeper truths like okay no matter where i'm at god's in control of it or no matter what I'm doing, it's valuable and meaningful because God is working in his economy for me to do good to the world, for him to bless the world through me, whatever job he gives me. Yeah, it's given me some, it's paved a path, maybe not exactly every step, but a path of solid footing for me to navigate, navigate through life. Another thing is, I think, I don't know if this is just a young person thing or maybe a me thing or maybe both, but with identity, it's kind of hard. We've talked about it a little bit before, but for me, it's been hard to have a grasp of identity, but because of the tools I've picked up from being formally trained in theology, I don't have to think about myself in the way you might commonly hear about people talk about themselves. Like I'm not becoming anything. I'm already something. I don't need to become something. I'm something already. I'm loved by God. I'm an image bearer of God. I have meaningful work God's given me. So I don't need to like find myself. I don't need to create myself. I, I'm something, you know? I'm, I'm a human that God loves in His grace. been Tea and Theology. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time.